0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today I'm joined by Katie Davies, who is the Client Development Director at DDCOS, good friends of mine, and Katie is awesome. Katie, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me. Very excited, of course.
0: Yeah, we've chatted um, a few times and at some of your great events, DDC discusses and Uh, other industry events so i'm really looking forward to this you're now at ddc um where were you before where did where did this all start for you
1: yeah so i am three years in as of next month uh, at ddc which is obviously flow and previous to that i was and before i had my son who's now he's just turned six I lived in New Zealand for four years, Lucky and that's you. where I was first introduced to the world of BPO. And previous to that, my career was in recruitment. So many, many years in Leeds, the center of Leeds doing recruitment. So that was a mixture. I've done accountancy finance recruitment, lots of customer service recruitment, and lots of sales recruitment as well. I went to New Zealand doing recruitment, but I, I knew I'd get a visa that way. And then um, sell into the world of of bPO, so not really outsourcing on the people side of things, but more processes and automation. That kind but of
0: recruitment's it. all all about people, isn't it? and there's there's a lot, a hell of a lot of people in our industry that have made that kind of crossover both ways, because I think they're they're very aligned on that they're people people focused naturally, yeah, and that you deal with all sorts. And it's about matching requirements to solutions. Did you find, how did you find the crossover?
1: Uh, e- easy, because it, it's all about people, isn't it? So, and it's quite like when you're, in, when you're in recruitment, working for recruitment agencies and you go to parties and people say, what do you do? It's like saying you're a estate agent, isn't it? <laughs> it's not, oh, no, she's in recruitment, she's going to try and sell something And so it's an absolute pleasure to be working in this industry. And I must admit, when I started at DDC, I wasn't too aware of what I would be doing. I just said, yes, I really wanted to work there, basically. So I just sort of said yes to the job, not really knowing what it would would be. So it started off very much on the sort of contract side of things and the management of of our clients contractually. And now I'm more in the, the sort of depths of the networking side of it, which is kind of my that's my DNA, really, is networking, as, as people will know, especially in the North. I fly a big flag for the North of England, and I will go on about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll get on to that. What was the pull then? Because I love that kind of, I just want to work for you guys. But what was the, the pull? How did it come about?
1: Well, I knew somebody that worked there. So Joe, who worked there. So I got back from, when I was in New Zealand and I knew I was moving back. I'd had my son, and I knew I was moving back. I wanted to work for a company similar to the company that I worked for in New Zealand. And I found a company and that, that was a DDC, but um, Joe worked at that company at the time. And so I basically went on LinkedIn and stalked everybody at that company until somebody wished to, to meet with me and to give me an interview. And that was Joe. And then we kept in touch basically. And I think for me, it's the fact that it's quite, it, it's owner-managed, It's very it's got a very local feel about it, but with an international reach, Uh, I didn't realize I would be traveling as much as I am, which I love as well. So I go to London quite a lot, but get to go to our Bosnia site a lot. And I just, they're like, everyone is like, so cheesy, isn't it? But everyone is like family and I, you know, they will send messages for my son and he likes to write to them and we send them mini eggs that have mini eggs. So I thought, you know, that
0: perhaps it was
1: not. And so my son writes to them in, um, in both the and in, in Christmas cards and things like that. So, yeah, it's lovely. It's really nice.
0: That's brilliant. Well, I, you know, Joe's been on this podcast. I've met Joe loads of times, Chrissy, of course. And yeah. I got to spend some time with you guys and your, and your team leaders. And it, yeah, it sounds cheesy, but I can say firsthand, everyone I've come into contact with at DDC says the same thing says that it's very much kind of you're all very connected and working together and jade of course jade's being on it's like you're all in a cult
1: <laughs> well jade's my manager so it's it's yeah and it is we are a bit of a, we're not a cult you can't say i know weird. i'm
0: joking <laughs> no, was,
1: but we are and do you know what we can get this to, to, we can get things done which is, i love so i've worked for really small businesses and i've worked for big corporates as well and we're in the middle which is quite nice and so, if you if you need something doing, you can you can have, you can get it done. And we can constantly move the parameters, which we do quite of turn. And that I I'm like. Some people don't like that way of working, but that's my kind of way of working. Really, fitting fitting things around what people need rather than having a, an off the shelf solution. Well, you
0: you're definitely an inno- innovative organization innovative people and we're going to talk about something that you guys have done that i absolutely love that's very very different but you mentioned something at the start that you you like to fly the flag for the north and this is this is a big passion of yours isn't it it is Yorkshire,
1: and anyone who anyone who has a big presence in the north will will understand this and and I know it sounds like we're beating on the same drum, but there's so much focus on the sales, and a lot of our events, especially our industry events, are in London, and and rightly so for the majority of them because that is obviously our our capital city. And it's a wicked place to be. But the North is an absolute hive of contact center and customer service activity. It, it's mammoth, and everybody knows everybody as well. And I think not everybody has the opportunity to go to London all the time. It's a full full day out if yeah. not two days sometimes if, you, if you're traveling and if you think about our patients, so like leeds and manchester liverpool warrington and then you've got obviously the north i love the northeast you've got your durham and your newcastle and sunderland for me it's about i would like to to, to create more networking in the north basically we're not saying we're against the south and so we're not financing or anything like that but i think that there's so much to be said and there's different conversations in the north as well we have different issues and different challenges to overcome things like travel infrastructure and you know recruitment's different everywhere you go isn't it and attracting the right talent etc and salaries and things like that so i'm i'm just slowly working my way around and building relationships with with all the, all the people people that we both know really well as as well in the north. i think
0: i think you're able to say you're pro north you're not anti-south and that that kind of passion and pride in your in your area, in what it means to be from the North. And I think everyone can recognize that. You know, I guess sometimes in the South, we're a little bit selfish, jealous of it. You know, we're a little bit kind of like, oh, you guys absolutely, you're proud Northerners and we're kind of like a little bit sanguine about being in the South. But what is it then, do you think, all of those contact centers you mentioned, and I think when I last looked there's definitely more contact centres in in the in the north, but what is it you think that makes being in the north and being in our industry unique? What are some of the the slight differences or the or the real kind of positives?
1: Well, you touched on it there about about the fact that we're proud of it, and so it feels like people are open a bit more to networking so we 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 held a lunch in manchester and it was just that it was a lunch it wasn't for any other reason and everyone knew it was really funny we didn't know that everybody would know everybody and uh it's really interesting to hear you know where it is and the different challenges that everybody has as well and i think that makes us as unique, we want to. So, if I've heard about, I'm basically in Leeds, and if I've heard about an event in, in Sunderland, I would travel up to that event. It's not too tricky for me to do that. So as I to go to and So, it's about it's a bit more accessible as well. And it really is. A, I think Sunderland, for example, is now huge when it comes to contact centres. The salaries are shooting up. It's actually becoming quite quite a challenge for people there to keep up with the with the competition. But, and if you you look at studies as well about language, which fits in nicely with what we're going to talk about actually, but people do like a Northern language, especially, you know, a Geordie language, Scottish is up there with languages that people like. So, uh, you know, people do take to to quite well. I I,
0: I think back in the day, I'm pretty sure that a big consideration, a big factor of when first direct were kind of very prevalent in the media and things like that but they they spoke about it was a key consideration where they low where they started their first contact center was to utilize people with a with an accent that customers find trustworthy
1: i know it's funny isn't it yeah you say that and we because you know we employ all sorts of uh, people with various accents and we're you know we have a presence abroad as well and yeah i think it it is something that some companies do base their decisions on, but I mean I'm biased. But my best friend is a Geordie, so of course I'm a bit biased. Well, but I have can... the best nights out in <laughs> Newcastle. <and> <laughs> no one can deny no. that it. Yeah. And, you, and no matter where you are, people will talk to you. So you we sat at the table with your friend, and the table next to you will just start chatting to you, and that just doesn't, you know, that was what um, New Zealand was like as well. And you suddenly got a sticker saying "Be nice to me. funny.
0: <laughs> <So, so, so,
1: laughs> like, but no. I'm saying though, people
0: are joking out about out. London. Oh, you might have just seen. I had to let Hugo out then.
1: Oh, bless him! <laughs> <laughs> don't let him up the like wheel the floor.
0: Piss.
1: But no, people do joke about you can't smile at somebody else in London. But I, I don't think that. I, I find it. If I smile at someone, they smile back. So. And you
0: got that. and and you guys these type of get togethers and making a conscious effort that you're going to do more in the in the north and like you say there's kind of lots of people know each other but what are you, what do you gain from doing those type of events yeah sure it's it's awareness of the great stuff that you guys that you guys do and your capabilities yeah. but what what else do you come away from those events on with on a
1: personal level yeah for me i'm still learning massively i've only been at ddc for 3 years and so there's some people in the industry who have been there since, you know, ground level. And so I'm constantly learning and I will answer, you know, and I'll, I will be a bit cheeky and ask if I can go see someone's site or if somebody will tell me a bit more. So on a personal level, it's that knowledge and that mm-hmm. I get, I take away so much from, from everyone that's there. Obviously on a business level, it's about brand awareness and about people understanding who we are because we're not, we're not a huge player in the outsourcing world and and I think that gives us a huge advantage as well. But it just means that we're not as well known as some of the bigger players. And so it's nice for us to be able to go to events and say, oh, you know, we've never heard of you. It sounds a bit more rude. And it's I quite like that. quite like that we've not, we've not conquered completely yet. But we're on, yeah. we're on
0: route. It's nice to have that challenge. And it's also nice to be, you guys have a, like as you say, you're have an international presence and you've definitely got some numbers but you're also agile as well right that you you're not moving a whole cruise liner around that might take 5 miles to turn slightly left you can you can move and evolve and respond to your to your clients quickly we mentioned as well that these kind of events and how innovative you guys you guys are i've i've talked many many times how much value i get from DDC discusses and for those of people that are listening or watching that don't know well what is ddc discusses
1: i am trying to get this right Uh, (laughs) i have a different version of every of what it is but basically in our in our industry the most important element is conversation it's communication and it's conversation and there's a lot of people have a lot of opinions on it and in our belief slightly different angle is to take the, the opinions of, of actual genuine academic and studies and the science basically. So it's the science behind our industry, but mainly about the communication element of it. So for example, the first event we held, we had Elizabeth Stokoe, and I know that that name will resonate for quite a lot of people watching there. She's very, very popular. And Elizabeth, so if I was to say to you, conversational analytics, you would say, oh, she's going to talk about AI again. More AI." Nothing to do with that. It's actual analysis of conversations. And in order to really shine in what we do, we need to take a step back and understand what is a conversation and how does it work? And actually, to be successful in any kind of generative AI, you need to be a good psychologist, really, and a good communicator. So that's what we do. So we hold these events where there's a very small audience around a table. And um, the first one, for example, Elizabeth will talk about and uh, go through her her studies and analysis. And then we throw it out to the to the room and we have a roundtable discussion about it. Hugely popular. So we're bringing it, we've done them in London so far. So obviously, we said, why, why are we doing it in London? Why don't when you say we London said London?
0: that, <laughs> <laughs> that was probably you.
1: It wasn't just me, actually. A very good friend of yours at ours, Sarah Hunt said the same. She came to one and she said, why can't we do one of these at log? And so, so we're doing one in Manchester in June. And again, we hope to get Elizabeth to that one because it's, she's just such a good speaker and it's such a good topic. And I think it opens up people's minds to this world that we have. And those will be the first to say, so she's written a lot of books, but strategically got one here, but she'll be the first to say that what she said in that room will, won't be relevant in another year's time because that's the way that technology is going. However, the fundamentals of conversation and how we converse will never change really. So yeah, they're super exciting, aren't they? They're just a bit oh. We challenge technology, which is quite nice because we are all about the people. And I think we can safely say that most events we go to now are all tech-heavy, which is fine because that's what's happening in the industry. But it's nice to take a step so back and talk about people side of it.
0: And I think um, that's that's the foundation: is how how, how you're going to use the tech is based on. It should be improving things. It should be making things better, more efficient. But it's got to be based on what are the fundamentals of, let's say, conversation. And as you know, from that very first event. I was like a giddy schoolboy because I'd read Elizabeth's book, the one that you showed there, "Talk: The Science of Conversation," many, you know, years before, and I absolutely loved it. And the opportunity to meet her in the person, meet her in person, and to listen to her talk about it, and to play some examples, you know, for a, it, like you say, when someone says conversational analytics. I'm sure there's a large chunk of people that kind of glaze over and go, oh God. But it's so fascinating because it's about us connecting. And she shares so many interesting examples about the patterns of how you talk to someone and that we are built to recognize those patterns and respond accordingly. And when they're not quite there and you're aware of them, and the and the level of detail, you know, she is a professor. I think she's at LSE now, but she was at Loughborough. Yeah. Not, I might have that wrong. But this is a whole team of academics who have studied from the innocuous a a boy, a boyfriend and girlfriend who may be having some problems, all the way through to talking hostage situations. You know, yeah. the, the real extremes. So the day to day to the extremes, and by analysing how people communicate backwards and forwards she was able to and brought us all in the room to be able to predict do you think this relationship is strong based on how this five seconds of their phone call has gone and if, and you can know t- this isn't it that their relationship's not in a good place and then expands on it you know and that kind of the nuance and the detail is something and the interest as well that you have the emotion that you feel li- you know talking and listening to to an expert talk about something like this is is still for me very, very different from tech. And it. It. I came away from that event thinking, if you look around our contact centers and what we're asking frontline team members to, to do, there's so much here that could help them, so much. Because she also shared sales calls and customer service calls and, mm-hmm. and all things and just some minor changes, just some clever communication skills and tips can make a massive massive difference to our training to our coaching and ultimately to the performance that we see in our contact centers so I I was blown away by that um, very first one and then the subsequent ones the meeting of the academic world and contact centers it's one of those great ideas where you think why haven't we done this before
1: (laughs) no hidden agenda so then a lot of people that that are invited to present at an event usually have a business surrounding that that they want to elevate. So mm. elevate not necessarily their particular business that they've mm. got the service and it might just somebody wants to elevate a particular piece of some generative AI, whatever it is. But there's no hidden agenda there. It genuinely mm. is there. That's what they do and that's what they know. And it's applying it. How do we apply that to our world? And it's just it's yeah, you're right. It's just so different. And I think once people understand the concept of it and they've been to one, then that's it, like so they're hooked, really. So the good news is the one in Manchester, we've secured a bit of a bigger space so we can house we can house a few more people, but we need to make sure that we've got the right dynamics in order to for everybody to still be able to join in and have that conversation as well.
0: And I like the fact that you guys and how you curated that event weren't afraid of having you know there were people in there that had a real knowledge and passion for speech analytics and you'd think that the two might not go that there might have been conflict but actually like you say the academics there in this case elizabeth and there was dr saul adams i think yeah when there's been a dr phoebe asquith and but their passion is knowledge and sharing, and so there were some great conversations from tech people. Yeah, you know, and and the people implementing new
1: tech as well. Yeah, you know, people that had spent months and months, you know, sort of reviewing the various tech that was out there, and it, it was uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice uh, that everyone could feel challenged, but also able to to have their input as well.
0: And when, when, and where did you say it's happening?
1: Yeah, so we are. Uh, we just we put aside Thursday, the twentieth of June. and I'm so misinformed because we've really just confirmed it. It'll definitely be in Manchester. It's likely to be sold. so. in London, we, we hold it at the British Library. So it's likely to be somewhere magnificent and sort of regal like that, that's, that. That has some reference to academia. and We're hoping to get Elizabeth for it. We're just waiting to confirm. But if it's not Elizabeth, it'll be someone with equal qualifications the discussion. So yes, if, if anyone wants to find out more, we do have a DDC discussions LinkedIn page actually that's purely dedicated to that. But yeah, just just ping me on LinkedIn or whatever. Cause it's as I say, it's not a selling event for us. We don't get up and we don't talk about who we are. We don't say, you know, we'll introduce the event and that's it. This is about every day is a learning day and a networking day. So
0: Yeah. And I think I I was lucky enough to do some Interviews with people afterwards as they were coming out just a couple of minutes and ev- ev- there was a common theme all the way through that everyone had been positively disturbed, that it was kind of unexpected in a positive way and that it was something different. You know, it was something different from because there are so there are great events in our industry, but this is something very, very different. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. You're, you're completely from out <laughs>
0: I will. I, I just
1: you'll be there anyway. We'll send you. We'll send you the best seat.
0: <laughs> well, there might be a restraining order because I was with Elizabeth. I was. I've read your book. And...
1: What well, and so many people have the events, that, the lunch that we did in Manchester. City, the first thing that we've done up north so far, which is in January. Yeah, people there were halfway through the book or they would read the book. So it's, yeah, she's a popular. She's a popular person,
0: and as well as DDC discusses. What is it that you've got going on at the moment for yourself and also for, for DDC?
1: Yeah. So we're going to do more, continue doing more events in the North. So we've got Birmingham Pins. we don't actually have an office in Birmingham and um, we will be moving, so we're sort of moving around, right? So Manchester is the focus, there'd be some, some events that DDC like DDC discussing in Birmingham, definitely the northeast. East, if only to Stamson Steinmeier, the passion for the northeast. And it'll be a mixture of, we'll have some DDC-discussive events, which is the round table, as well as just networking, lunches, dinners, that kind of thing, really. Um, um, yeah, and just continue down the road that we're going at, going down at the valence, um, just growing our just growing our network, really, which is what I enjoy. It's slowly, slowly learning and understanding the industry.
0: I think you're right. I think it's an undervalued focus and skill is is the concept of networking and some people who poo it I don't know why because everything that's good anything that's good that's ever happened in my career has been in part or directly because of my my network and and you've mentioned something to me before you know it's like you can still connect and converse with people that technically you're in competition with
1: Oh, yeah. And you'd love it. It's, it and it's the, it's the best. And I think what's really nice is you, especially in the day and age, a lot of people work from home as well, you have you, your own opinion of what the industry is doing. Or, for example, you, you think you're the only one, so a business might think they're the only one that's still struggling with whether hybrid working is the right way. And actually, you get in a room with the people and you realise that's what everybody's talking about and everybody's worried about it. Or about everybody thinks, as a business, that all of the businesses that really far forwarding um technology and then they get in a room with everybody else and realize everyone's right at the beginning of that journey and you just feel better don't you, to know that you're not doing it alone and yeah i meet all sorts of people from our competitors and i love that though because there's this room for everybody out there there really is and we're, we've all got something different to bring to the table
0: definitely is that what came across at your last event then that was it
1: it was the hybrid work it was a big topic. Really? Yeah. So we, we had a lunch and we didn't have an agenda for this. We didn't have any topics. It was just to kind of meet people, like-minded people. And the topic soon quickly came onto to hybrid working because actually there was, there was a business there that have never, ever had to send their staff home. Even in lockdown, they have the space wow. to bring people in and they still haven't sent people home. And there's businesses there that have tried to bring everybody back and then people who were doing a bit of both. And everybody's still... How the hell is really confused of what the right thing to do is? As, and as a business, it's hard because it's really, really hard to attract good talent. But there are people out there working now for in the contact center inter- industry that have never fully gone into an office. They might have come from a retail background, a yeah. hospitality background. And in lockdown, they started working from home as a contact center agent. And everybody's got their opinions on it. I believe I say this, and people laugh. But if you think about all the marriages and babies that haven't happened because we've all been working for a <laughs> so a lot, yeah, a lot of people that work in contact centres are very sociable people, all all sorts of ages. It's not just the, the younger demographic, but social people, and I think that's where, and certainly in our contact centres that we've got, everyone they're best friends, they're godmothers to each other's children, and you know that it just feels like. There's a slight disconnect in that because of obviously what happened and because of lockdown. But there is also a lot of people who have become accustomed to working from home and to go back into an office might be quite a big deal. So it's such a huge topic still, believe it or not, uh, for everybody.
0: I think that's a really important consideration, actually, that sense of community outside of the actual moments that you're working the communities that exist within the Venn diagram, if you like, of lots of overlapping things all all resonate from the contact center. So whether it is you're part of a sports team, a social group, or you just you get into the routine that you hang around with a bunch of people from all different departments and you're always playing pool at a local pub on a Thursday night and and like you say, from that and that kind of being in close proximity with 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 people leads to other relationships and you're right actually I wonder what the impact will be when we look ahead years from now Mm -hmm. as to those kind of maybe unforeseen outcomes of where we're at kind of from a a hybrid point of view and I love something you said earlier around that being able without there being uh, marketing or bluster behind it but being able to sit amongst your fellow professionals and go, you know what my boss is banging on about because this, the, I, I, this is personal experience. Was is worried that we're behind the curve on this type of technology, or we should be doing this, or we should be doing that because that's what you might see on your LinkedIn feed or yeah. publications that are out there. And then you get around a table with people and you start talking. And you soon find out. Oh wait a minute, we we kind of all still here at the start line.
1: But isn't that lifestyle? Yeah. Everybody on Facebook and Instagram is is happily married and living their every best life. Uh, and then you meet up with them, they're like, "Oh, we can't stand it," or whatever. So is that just but you're right? And it's I think some vulnerability is actually very welcomed yes. in all walks of life. But just being able to say, "We, you know, we 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 want to learn from others," so I think that's fine. I think yeah. How government could say
0: typically, that book. Oh, don't let's not get onto politics. <laughs> not we'll be so a, I know
1: what he we likes, so we'll then, be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but I also think you know that kind of as well as uh, like the kind of uh black market benchmarking, if you like, where you're kind of going, Oh, where are you? How do you do this? How do you do that? Where are you with this? The other thing that I've always come away from events, especially yours, with is tips uh, yeah. where. Someone else might be doing really well at something and you're you're not there yet, but you come away going, Oh, I'm gonna try that. That's great. And then everyone's yeah, did... happy to share, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, we have that actually. So another big topic when we had the lunch was sort of the extracurricular work that agents can do. So the more charity side of things. And so for me, and it was actually on the on the radio, basically, if you do you get random acts of kindness so if you do things for other people that make you feel good about yourself you will live longer apparently it's true how it's been itself and i think that it's we need to be able to do and this was a big topic give our agents the opportunity to be able to do random, random acts of kindness in their own worlds give them time to do that whether it's seeing an elderly neighbor whatever that is but also in their contact center world so being able to offer a customer something and I think we've, we, everyone's pe- not pen pinching, but trying to watch the, yeah. you know, the pennies and the pounds, but being able to give agents that free reign to, to help customers is it massively improves their experience as an agent, but also massively improves the customer experience as well. Uh, I think there was a, one of the big coffee brands, one of the coffee chains used to give um, their workers a five pound voucher every day to give to anybody. Wow. Uh, and so imagine how good that sounds. So somebody yeah. comes to the till and they say, that's on me. You can have that. And they took that away and they said they were abusing it and giving it to their friends or whatever, which, so what, it still makes them feel good. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've been in the supermarket before and the, um, the one of those in the supermarket has given somebody some flowers that was clearly having a bad day. So they've obviously got a budget to do that. And I think that was a big topic as well. And everyone wanted to learn what other companies were doing in that space to try and understand. And it's really hard for a contact centre, isn't it? Because the person who's running that side of things would love to say to the agents, you've got a budget of this, you're allowed to give away, or you're allowed to give this much credit. And then you've got Mr. and Mrs. Finance. As <laughs> <laughs> always, say it, you're not allowed. But I think it's, that was definitely a topic that people are interested in, in those kind of what, How can we enable agents to be able to deal with things from start to finish with that end to last?
0: Well that, yeah. that that altruism creates feel good in so many it's like a pebble in a in a lake, isn't it? Because it's it's also makes you feel good about the company you work for. And and I truly believe this is like the future of work. Is there's nowhere that's measured more than contact centres and, and those things we measure everything, and we measure it because it's easy and it's easy to equate a lot of things back to pounds and profit and all of those things and I'm not saying forget Last those. sentence yeah, I'm not saying forget those, but that kind of the 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 people the people side of things, and altruism especially, and giving people the opportunity freedom, license, and agency to to make a positive difference around them and trust them that they'll make the right the right decisions with that freedom, I think is amazing. I, I love yeah. it. You know,
1: yeah, and I think that we, we need to stop worrying about uh, people running these sensitivities. Stop worrying about the capabilities of the agents to make those decisions because these days, especially with technology, the types of issues that agents are dealing with on a daily basis are more complex than they've ever been. Technology is taking away really the easy stuff. With my order, all of that. And so agents are less than the tricky stuff. And that's going to be quite hard going on them all day, every day, just to be able to the tricky, yeah. tricky ticket items. So to be able to have that free reign, not free reign, is it? But to be able to have that freedom to make those decisions themselves. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're, they're exactly. like, so, constantly monitored. And so if they start giving away too much, or start not quite reading it right. So they will pick up on that anyway.
0: I think it's how it's about giving them a supportive space. So that supportive space means that they're supported and can be coached, but they're also able to make mistakes. Because, like you say, if you're dealing with more complexity, the opportun- the chances to make a mistake are increased. But if you learn from that and you don't feel like you're going to be put down because of it, then you're more likely to you're more likely to learn and develop and. Some of the stuff that you guys do with your L and D, and how how way way you know, I was so impressed with your team leaders and how competent they are, but also how much freedom they are given to manage their own team, to manage themselves like a like a business within you know or with within the parameters that come from being an an outsourcer a course, but it was really really impressive.
1: Yeah. They're, I mean, they're amazing, aren't they? And yeah. they, they 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 actually genuinely want. They love coming in. So we have a we have more of a routed basis with people coming in, and it's great. I go in once a week because I don't I don't I live quite far away from the office. But that yeah, they're, they're so on the ball, and they are. They're a community, definitely, and they have they have a land. We had our Christmas party, actually, in in January. I know January sounds weird, but it was a New Year extravaganza, we'll call it. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody was there. So all departments, all teams, right to finance, through to to, to contact centres, through to what we do. Uh, Everybody was there. And it was such a diverse, eclectic mix of people. It was just the best fun ever. And it's really good to get to know these people. But they, yeah, they're just, they're brilliant, aren't they?
0: Oh, yeah, the best. I mean, I love what you do and I love just how you operate. So, and I, I can't wait for the next DDC discusses. I'll well, brave, well, brave the journey up north.
1: <laughs> bring a jumper.
0: And so for people that want to know about that, for people that want to know about any of the other stuff that you're doing or other networking events or just get to know you, the best way for them to do that is through LinkedIn, right?
1: Yeah, just, yeah, good old LinkedIn.
0: They will, get, they will be met with a friendly Northern face.
1: Of course. And me, now
0: <laughs> Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been nice to talk about DDC Discusses, your background, and, and obviously your passion not just for the North, but for contact centres and customer experience and what we do as an industry is palpable. So please carry on.
1: Don't worry. I've got determination in this, so...
0: Well thank you very much for coming on Get Out a Wrap.
1: Well thanks for having me. Have a great day.